0: Hello and welcome to this edition of the Small Town Sports Talk podcast. Welcome to ST Squared. I'm Andrew Willett with Jonah Freeman. Jonah, how are we doing today? Uh, Even better after the other night when Aaron Baines absolutely went
1: off. (laughs) I feel like that's a good way to start this episode because uh, that was a stat line that deserves it for sure. Is
0: Aaron Baines ahead of Devin Booker in your favorite player rankings? Definitely not, but he's definitely the best player in the league right now. we've got a great episode today, episode three of ST squared episode. We're actually, of course, we're talking about NBA, but we're gonna get into some college basketball with March Madness right around the it's corner. It's the best time of the year. It is the best a time of the year. phenomenal time.
1: NBA playoff races are starting to heat up and then you have March Madness. Every single college basketball game is fun to watch this time of year.
0: Could it get any better? But we're gonna start out with our good old NBA talk. Beginning. With Steph Curry's return, we, we don't want to move on from like such a phenomenal season that we've had so far this year, but we're, we're going to look ahead a little bit with the Dalton State Warriors because obviously this is not their year. They are 15-49. and 49. Steph Curry has played probably five games, I think. Yeah, I
1: mean, the Warriors have not looked very good this year, but when we've seen Steph, he's looked pretty good. And it's so, probably for the best
0: that yeah. they have not looked very good because... All they're
1: going to do is add the already stacked core for next year. Uh-huh. So, I mean, obviously, for the fan base, maybe, it, it definitely is hard to watch. But when you're the ownership, you're looking at this, and you're saying, now that Steph's back, we're somewhat competitive right now. And losing now is going to help us in the future. So I think, yep. we'll, I think this is nothing but good for the Warriors, in my honest opinion.
0: Well the Warriors that you're going to look at next year they're going to add a top five pitch in the draft, top three, uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to the mix with a healthy Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. Right. So I'm interested to see what they can do but I also think they should uh, weigh their options a little bit here because they've got Minnesota's top three protected first round pitch. That's another thing
1: they have a lot of flexibility on what they want to do with possibly trading picks in the draft you know they have a lot of they could
0: combine that 2020 first round pick of theirs and minnesota's 2021 100 percent yeah and i i don't know who they would look at at this moment in time but i think they should really consider their options before they go and they take someone like a james wiseman or a uh anthony edwards in the draft so a potential suitor
1: honestly like i would hate to see this and i don't know if he's necessarily at that value yet but what about someone like Kelly Oubre on the Warriors for the right price yeah, with Mikael yeah. Bridges good play in Phoenix that could be something Phoenix is willing to do and so someone like Kelly Oubre I think would fit in perfectly with that Warriors score I, I, I think that'd be fun to watch I personally. feel like
0: they in my opinion they need a, a bigger guy. 100% yeah. Like Durant was a seven footer so he didn't play small because he, he's, he's like a seven foot guard right there. Right. I think you need something like that, May, maybe a big man entirely, yes. but that can also stretch it out. That's why they had so much interest in Carl anthony Towns. Of course, the whole league had interest in Karl-Anthony Towns. Who wouldn't? He's, Who wouldn't? He'd do everything. Right. So um, they ended up getting Andrew Wiggins out of that, and we'll see what they do with that. But uh, I think both sides can look at that and be
1: happy because Wiggins hasn't played incredible, but he's shown signs that – He's going to be a reliable player next year. And you know, you put someone like that with fully loaded stars, oh, yeah. that can completely change the look of someone's career. So we could see Wiggins flourish in a whole new way next year,
0: which could be scary for the league again. And that's what the Warriors are looking at. They're trying to get guys who can uh, go grow, with their grow core. Grow in their system. Exactly. Uh-huh. Go with their core to go be a championship team as soon as next season. And so they've got Steph, they've got Slay. Their Wiggins is a piece that, whether they like it or not, he's with them. Draymond Green. I think Tevin Looney's a solid player. Eric Pastel was a good find. Oh, yes. Uh, I think a
1: lot of these Villanova guys are coming out and proving to be studs. I would like, agree. Just like I mentioned, Mikhail Bridge recently. Bridge's man, he's been on fire. Like,
0: And they just traded one of their.
1: And they know how to win. They yeah, know how they to do. win,
0: too. Steve Kerr is A lot of these guys the are. Coach.
1: Yeah, and so. When you pair someone like Steve Kerr, who's shown he can win, with winners, and then you're bringing in guys all around the league from Villanova, who a lot of these people that are coming in from the last four years are two-time national champs. Yep. So winning, they expect winning. It's not like someone that's coming from one of those lower teams. It's stat padding, you know, in college. Like, you know, they're coming
0: in like they were awesome players on awesome teams. And then how to win. Exactly. And so uh, I... Looking forward to the Warriors next year, and uh, honestly, didn't Steph bash? That was uh, pretty nice. And like you said, for the fans, right? You could feel the energy as soon as he was, he was oh, bad. Yeah. He struggled a little bit right okay. off the bat, and then
1: what? Twenty-three, yeah. Six
0: boards and seven assists to only one turnover. Right. Struggled a little shooting the ball, but that energy that Steph plays with, that you could feel it. Oh yeah. In the Chase Center.
1: And it really is good to have someone like that back from injury because. One of the main focuses of this episode, NBA wise, is going to be how injuries are affecting the playoff race, which is what we're about to get into because there are so many big key players in some of these, like the West's race for the eight spot. You know, like there are a lot of key players hurt that teams need to get healthy if they want to really push for it. So I'll let you go. You can mention a couple of guys, we'll discuss. Well, them.
0: I wanted to ask you what do you think Golden State's ceiling is next season? Next season?
1: I mean, I expect nothing less than what we did before all the injuries went down, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, Clay Thompson. You've got a much more loaded Western Conference. Right. I think sometimes, and I don't necessarily know the severity of it, but I think people do undervalue Clay Thompson at times. Like, yeah. dude is a stud. He, he, He's gonna come in and give you 20 a game and absolutely light it up from the three-point line. And he, he made Steph into what he is. Exactly, they complement each other so nicely. So then, again, you put Andrew Wiggins next to him. You put a healthy Draymond Green next to him.
0: And then you see with, what he
1: going to do with those draft picks. Exactly. With possibly a couple of really good young players, I mean, I, I hope and I expect them to contend right off the
0: bat again next year. And you've got the Lakers and the Clippers who really have this year and next year. That's their window.
1: Right. The Warriors have more than that. I mean, the Clippers basically traded away all their draft it's, stock for a long time.
0: Yep, and same with the Lakers right. to Anthony Davis. So. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. And of course with the Lakers, LeBron James uh, being so as old as he is in year 17, 35 years old. So uh, interesting to see what the Warriors uh, turn into. Uh, lo- we looked at the Andrew Wooden's trade. Now we want to take a Peach and look at the Heat. Miami Heat made a huge trade at the deadline. Trading, uh, it was Justice Winslow James Johnson and Dion Waiter, some of those terrible contracts for them. Right. Into and we thought it was a great trade for Iswadala, Jay Pratter, and I think Solomon Hill. both
1: sides got some solid pieces there that they can work with for a little bit.
0: Hundred percent. I would agree, but you have seen the Miami Heat struggle a yes. little bit recently, which it's, is surprising to me because. And they were even struggling before the trade.
1: Right. I mean, you. I mean, really. And I'm not just saying this because you know, being here, we hear a lot about the Pacers, but. It really kind of feels like after the whole Jimmy Butler, T.J. Warren's, screaming thing, they, they've kind of fallen off a little bit. They've
0: not been doing it. whatever stat it was. They've like lost uh, probably more than half of their games. Right. Since and speaking of injuries,
1: Tyler Hero's missed a little bit of time. That's true. But at the same even time, you player. also you also can't look at that and be so reliant on a rookie that comes off the bench. Like you're going to have to look at guys on your and they have depth. They're going to have to look at the roster and say you got to step up you know Mm -hmm. because they can't sit back and I mean this is one of those years as wide open as is playoff seating is important and just because one of your bench role players goes down you can't use that as an excuse
0: Uh uh-huh since that uh, drubbing that they gave to the 76ers at the beginning of February they have uh not been doing so hot let me count this up one and six um, uh, two and six. Let's see here. Not good. Not, not no, good. What no. I, whatever the number is, it's not good. Hundred percent, not good. They they've been able to pick up a couple of wins recently, but um, so it's I'll, I'll be interested to see. They did beat Milwaukee recently, beat him right. by quite f- a few points, and actually, Bam Adebayo is the perfect die to Dardiana Santa Tejumbo. Yes. Hundred percent, but I think
1: the thing when you look at Miami right now and they're struggling, and then you got to also look look a little in the Midwest. A team like Indiana is starting to get the rhythm back. Yes, they are. What last ten they've won eight now? I think the last ten games, something like that. Uh huh. And I mean, and I, I don't. I hate. I hate injuries, and we're going to talk a lot about them. But I think the Jeremy Lamb injury could maybe be a good thing for Indiana. Really because Aaron Holiday was playing incredible start the year. And when Depot came back, you had Lamb and Depot kind of, when Depot came back, all the minutes kind of changed. You started seeing people like Edmund Sumner, Aaron Holiday, McConnell, all their minutes were kind of diminished a little bit. And now that we've seen that the need for those guard minutes, I think Holiday's is starting to step back up and then literally it looks like they're enjoying the game a lot more. Because for a while, you had some of that negative energy on the end of the bench, and yeah. I, I don't blame him,
0: but holidays has gotta yeah, it's be It's hard upset. to did a diet, put right. a guy like uh, Victor Oladipo back into your rotation. right? Especially coming off an injury and not expect guys to be a little upset. Right,
1: because they know what's gonna happen at some point, but it's like, you don't necessarily
0: know how you're gonna handle it. Uh-huh. So You want what's best for the team, just right. the same. Exactly, so and I think- And when Victor's str- struggling, it's, uh, it's hard. Right, and in in,
1: not Miami, um, Victor is starting to pick it up. See, there have been several games, yeah. 19, 18 points, and Miles Turner has also been stepping up. He's hit several clutch shots in that little stretch where they've been playing good, always playing good defense. I think Miami has to watch out because if they keep slipping up, the Pacers are going to catch them, and it's not going to be hard because they're two games back right now, I think. Mm-hmm. So Miami for sure has to be careful or the Pacers will catch them.
0: And the, the Pacers playing right basketball. You you were right, and you know uh, one thing that could get even better in Indiana. Yeah, recently you, you mentioned uh, having fun.
1: Recently, we've been hearing Lance Stevenson may be returning. That which would make uh, my year. That would make my year.
0: If I am a Pacers fan, I absolutely do not want that. I do not Why? understand that. Why? No you
1: one don't want, else. You don't want no one you don't else want wanted it. You don't want to see No, on your
0: absolutely stories.
1: not. You're ridiculous. All right, next injury, let's go. We're, we're moving on from that because you're going to make
0: me up <laughs> uh So the Pacers are doing well. Let's take a peek at the uh, Houston Rockets since their trade. I'm telling you, man. These last couple of games
1: have been rough, and I, I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. Okay, small ball.
0: Okay, no. I think they have been easily better since that trade. They and, are a and better team I could team agree with that, but we're starting to see some
1: of these downfalls of small ball.
0: Cause just, you, just a few games.
1: And i in a, in right. such a... It's a three-point oriented game now, obviously. So every game to a a certain point is you live or die from the three-point line. But strictly now, that is your only option in Houston. Not true, you have Russell Westbrook.
0: That is your only option in Houston. No way. Yes. You you are downgrading, this guy was an MVP. He is now playing his best basketball of his career. Mm, They've they've been on this four-game slid. He's missed a game okay it no big deal all right they lost to a really good clippers team and then just a few duds across the line they should have beat the knicks that a uh, few nights ago i'm not worried about houston
1: well i am and partially now like we just said especially in the western conference seeding's a big deal the thunder just passed them up in the seeds in the, in the standings it's true and the team like thunder just they're kind of one of those can consistent okay. moving teams that
0: Seem like they're gonna win a lot like of games. Thunder so just beat my Celtics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but Houston was a team that we were talking about possibly getting up to that second seed, and right. they are nowhere close right now. That that race out west is absolutely insane. Oh yeah, for sure. Houston's not gonna miss the playoffs, but like they could easily wind up being the seventh seed.
1: Right. I think. I mean, honestly, getting to the playoffs, it's just it's a whole different animal in the playoffs. So we can sit here and talk about three-point shooting and all that, but the playoffs is where it's going to matter. And the playoffs is a whole different feel when it comes to some of these guys because Houston's relying right now on a couple bloomers, like Macklemore. He hasn't been someone that's in a typical rotation before this year. But he has year. played a he's phenomenal – Exactly. He's had a great So year. you're going to have to hope that people like that can keep that up in the playoffs or it's not going to be pretty mm-hmm. because that's got to be hard on someone like Macklemore who's – I mean, obviously, he's grinded for that it's true he's like he's had to work his way up to that point but at the same time it's almost like a rookie feel i feel like for him because like he had some higher expectations been and so he's never been in that situation where he's going to be relied on to come out and score you know and so it's going to be interesting to see for sure uh
0: just looking at that uh west race for the eighth seed now moving on uh you've got the drizzlies who currently hold the spot and they I'm have surprised. a four game lead over Wasn't it just
1: two-something the other day? I think it was a oh two-game yeah.
0: lead, and now they've kind of expanded that back out a little They're bit. They're sitting exactly at five hundred thirty-two and 32 as we sit here right now. The Pelicans, four games, Bath, and the 9-seed, the Sacramento Tins. Uh, yeah, I made a tweet about that the other day. You it's, did. It's surprising to see that. They were really competing with uh, Toronto last night. Right. But they are also four games, Bath, and then the Trailblazers and the Spurs. And it, it's frustrating to me as a Suns fan that – we that, dropped they're a couple. are right there. Like,
1: we're six games back, I think. Yep. Out of the break, we dropped a couple games we should not have dropped. And now you look back at it, I mean. <laughs> well, that's the two, case for all of these teams. Right, two wins in a row, we just beat the Bucks. Obviously, they didn't have Giannis. But the Bucks, I think Middleton
0: had 39 or something last oh, night. Oh yeah, that's a phenomenal team, regardless. Like,
1: it seems like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't like the fact that it's almost like we get out of this playoff race and it's like, pressure's lifted. Let's go win games. Like why (laughs) can't we just play free like that all the time? Because it costs us now and it looks we're starting to be one of those teams. Like we I mean, really we haven't been fully healthy and we're still not. I mean Ayton's been out these last two games we've we've lost. So you look at someone like Baines who's starting to pick it up after his injury. He's playing. You
0: got no Ubre.
1: You got no Ubre, and he there's a chance if we could hang in there, he could be back at the end of the year. So it like it really hurts me to know how much potential we had in regards to possibly getting a playoff spot but again injuries 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 they've kind of done that away
0: and for all of these western conference teams it's uh let's see one two three four five a six game or a six team race for that eighth spot yeah uh you've got 18 games left in the season and uh, you look at the suns your six games back i'm sorry i don't think you're making that up
1: Oh no, there's there's no way we get to that eight spot if, in Phoenix.
0: Nope. I mean it. I
1: don't. I think in years past at this point, from a fan standpoint, you kind of looked at it and you're like, all right, it it's time to like maybe lose some games, better your draft right. talk. But I think now like we're to the point where we got to stop tanking and build a culture. So like I don't want to see us give up and lose games, but
0: like well, it's gonna be interesting to see what approach they take. That race for the 8th seed, I, I really think Memphis has, has it locked up. They just do, in my opinion. Right. They, and it's surprising to me because no Jaron Jackson Jr., and they are still playing some great basketball.
1: Yeah, and it looked like for a while the Pelicans were going to be that team to beat.
0: It did, but they lost a in few in game. a row. Exactly.
1: The Grizzlies have maintained that spot, and they've, they've won when it mattered. I mean, they beat the Lakers the other night. In a game that almost was like a sure lock. Okay, the that that
0: somewhat makes you think, though, doesn't it? That the Lakers get absolutely pounded by Memphis, but then come out the next night and LeBron goes off against the Pelicans. Right. I don't think the Lakers want to see New Orleans in the first round. Yeah. They don't want that that hype around it being Anthony Davis's former team. I, I just think the Pelicans would be a better matchup than the Drizzlies in the first round. What? Well, I- the
1: Pelicans are one of those teams that if you get them in the playoffs, it, they could be, be seriously dangerous.
0: Lonzo Ball has been
1: bawling out. You have recently. to
0: think the Pelicans would be a playoff team if Zion is healthy the whole year.
1: 100%.
0: 100%. So we think the Grizzlies are going to hold on to that spot. Moving on, uh, let's see here. Well, let's talk about a few more injuries and head on over to everyone's favorite place to talk about, the Philadelphia Seventy ers hate those guys. I hate them. <laughs> Obviously, we, we didn't talk about, uh, we don't know how great of a match that is for them, uh, or uh, between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But we aren't seeing those two play together because they are both out with injuries and they have dropped down to the sixth seed. They are luckily five and five them, in their last ten.
1: Yeah, I think luckily for them, the sixth seed is about as far as they're
0: going to drop with the separation oh, yeah. they had gained. So
1: I mean, obviously, well, the top
0: six in the Eastern Conference versus seven through fifteen is just remarkable how much right. better those six teams are.
1: And even then, you Orlando and Brooklyn, they're both at twenty nine wins. Then again, there's this another six game drop down to oh, Washington and yeah. nine. And so same. you could all, honestly even say that you got your playoff teams. Yep. It's just a matter of who's where. And like we said, injuries, again, they're going to play a big part in that because, like we mentioned earlier, Indiana could come up take that three spot. Um, mm-hmm. Boston, obviously, they're going to be able to make a run for that two spot if they can keep kind of holding things together. Kimba's not been necessarily, as of recently, just like, I don't, I don't feel like he's kind of maintained that hot start. But at the same time, you know, like, every guy is not going to be able to just maintain bring out the whole year. Mm-hmm. So Kimba's going to get that back. I'm not concerned about that. I think it's a, I think that is probably the most interesting spot in the East is that race for the two between
0: Toronto and Boston. And we'll take a peek at that right now because my Boston Celtics, we'll, we'll get into my Boston Celtics segment right now. What do you say, Jonah? I'm fine with that. Are you kidding me? These last four, days, it's, ever, it's ever since that Houston game. A Houston game at the end of February. We had just beaten a good, we got a good win at Portland, good win at Utah. We Give have Carson Houston Edwards Minutes. <laughs> Shut up, Jonah. No way. Uh, Given Carson Edwards Minutes, That that's what they've – Lavert LeVert 51 points the other night as they lost to Brooklyn. That was a horrible loss for Boston in overtime. Uh, Jason Tatum came back, had a good win over Cleveland. Can we, can we pause your segment real quick? You Please. just said
1: something. What the heck, Brooklyn? <sighs> Yes. How, how have we not gotten into this? I, like, when I heard you mention that, it just hit me. I was like, we got to stop that and tell you about Brooklyn really quick.
0: Kenny Atkinson. Are you
1: kidding me? In, the, in my honest opinion, he is not someone we mentioned the other day in our second episode, but he was getting up there in the coach of the year race, in my opinion. He's with the injuries. Played a phenomenal role. Like, in what he did last year, the injuries he's had this year, how... And you're hearing rumors about potentially being KD and Kyrie, maybe not liking, liking him, so him in that they hadn't system. They had not even played for him. Right.
0: Kyrie's yeah, think, played
1: less than half a year. If that's the case, I said, go get D'Lo back. <laughs> Bring in someone who wants well, to play for that l- system.
0: L- t- KD and Tyree tell them to, because they love Brooklyn's culture, and they're just tearing it down, as literally, we speak.
1: Exactly. They literally just tore it down because Kenny Atkinson was a big part of that culture.
0: I think he's an outstanding coach. hundred percent. 100. I don't think you'd get rid of him. I mean, he's going to be somewhere this offseason. If I am the Chicago Bulls, if I'm the New York Knits, I am like I think he would be a phenomenal fit over in Chicago with Zach Levine and Laurie Martinin and Wendell Carter Jr. and Kobe White. They've got a lot of young talent. And you I watched what he did with Brooklyn, right?
1: A team like Cleveland too, I mean, and I know they've kind of true. They've like J.B. I was going to say they have them bigger them. staff, and they kind of established before when Beeline came that yeah bigger staff was going to be their guy after B-line. But I feel like Atkinson they've been playing be well a good under fit bigger in staff Cleveland. I feel like yeah, it's, uh, some of those young guards they have there. It's true, but I mean obviously that's not going to happen. They like bigger staff and with good yeah, well, reason.
0: Yeah, he's been. They've been playing harder. They just beat uh, a good Spurs effort.
1: team last night. Mm-hmm. It was a good game to watch.
0: In overtime. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, Kenny Attenston, he he's gonna have a handful of teams. One, I mean, one exactly. One in I think if if you're him, you gotta look at the same. All right. This, last, is, this is probably better say, for him. All right. Although, like, I I did hear his kids were in school in Brooklyn. He was happy there. Things were going really well for him. I mean, obviously, yeah, the life part of it.
1: Definitely. Anytime someone has to move like that. It's part that. of the business. Again, yeah, exactly what you just said. Part of the business, and we know he's going to be a coach again next season. Yep. I, so, it's better, I think it's better to be wanted somewhere rather than not be. And I think that was his thing. It said, like, when they decided that he was going to be gone, he said, why, why wait?
0: Yeah. So, whatever. Go ahead. Get back into your Celtics. Back into my Celtics. I'm mad, Jonah. I'm really <laughs> upset. I okay, said four names pretty much the last five games have just n- not been very good for Boston, especially with that race for the two-seed that you were talking about, okay? Because Toronto, th- they've they've been losing a little bit, but they have jumped out to, like, I believe a three-game lead over the Celtics. Right. And the Celtics are going to end up playing a seventy ers team in the first round that is dropping to the sixth seed. And we've seen that matchup all year. I guess if 70, if the 76ers are healthy, uh, that could be really scary for a Boston team.
1: Right, that's what I was about to say. Like, That's probably the worst case scenario.
0: Yeah. I mean. That two seed was, they were, they were in the race for it. They've struggled with injuries. Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Timba have all missed games recently. Speaking of that, Jalen Brown, uh, are the Celtics? Uh, they they can't do it without Jalen Brown. They have been struggling mightily yep. without him. He's ha- he's been uh, inconsistent shooting, but he has p- obviously been incredibly important to their success. Hundred percent.
1: Oh yeah. All but right. That, that that little deal of him and Tatum.
0: Oh yeah. That's that's gonna be fun to watch for years. That's what I was about to say. Like they're so good already. Imagine like three, four years down the road. And looking at what they could be in the playoffs. Right. They they need all their guys, obviously. And I think uh, I think they'd still get it done versus Philly, but that is not what you want in that first round.
1: No. That's unless, one of those unless Philly's unhealthy. Possible seven game series that could really kind of set you up for a bad
0: second round. Yep. And hopefully they get to that second round where they can play a Toronto team. But I would much rather have that two seed. But I, I just don't see it happening. Toronto's been amazing this year. Right. All right. Uh, One more thin NBA toss that I'd like to get into. Giannis obviously is missing a couple games with an injury. Should Milwaukee rest Giannis, and should the Lakers rest LeBron? Gianna. Um. I think.
1: I hate to say it. My gut. I I want to say no, but it's an obvious yes. Yeah. Because I think. You look at it. I mean, out west, Clippers are still a two seed, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's the Clippers aren't upset about that because they they've been resting. So I feel like if, if anything, the Clippers are kind of winning right now. Oh yeah. They're still going to play the seventh seed, which nothing in the West is going to be easy. But then they're going to have a fully ready Kawhi, and when you got LeBron playing every single night, Giannis playing every Ooh, single night, you give LeBron some games
0: off. Yeah. That's been my mindset this whole year, that LeBron, near the end of the season, give him some time to rest, okay, because he is, the amount of minutes he has logged on that body of his is insane, okay, so give him some rest, and if I'm Milwaukee, Struce uh, 70 wins, I need Giannis to be healthy, so yeah. I'd let's say go for the 70 wins, but not if it's going to toss Giannis. I mean, I I hate
1: load management, but I think you mentioned this in one of our previous episodes. Like, I think it's coming for the league. If if the schedule is not reduced in a way, I think you're going to see every team start going to it at some point. Yeah. So I think – Sometimes you just need that. When you – like, you don't have a clear favorite like the Warriors anymore, and I know the Raptors won it last year, but, like, everyone has to look at themselves and say, we have a chance to win this. And say, what there can we do so many teams. What can we do now to help us win it later in the year? Which the load management is where that kind of comes into play. Because I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But the Clippers are – every game Kawhi says LeBron plays is a plus for the Clippers.
0: And, uh, well, let's do it right into that, that best in the West, L.A. VLA. That was a great game the other night. And LeBron's Lakers were able to pull one out. I still like Clippers in that.
1: I, I still like Clippers. Yeah, mostly because again, when you get to the playoffs, you kind of need some of the depth. Because you, like I feel like you, we have the two LA teams have their established stars that you know are going to perform. LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George, Anthony Davis. You know they're going to be good.
0: Well, I think that Morris addition exactly. was great for both teams. <laughs> that is true. They both got a morse. Um, and they they're they each going to play an integral part to their team's success.
1: Yeah. So I it's just, just I think in the end you have your established stars. It's a matter of what team can do more outside of what's expected. If that makes sense. Mhm.
0: And you saw that with Avery Bradley the other night. Right. Dude went off. That six three pointers. Yeah. So it's gonna be those performances in the playoffs that
1: I think exactly what you just said. That's a, like what I was gonna say. It's gonna. Both teams are gonna have to have their Leandro Barbosa's of the Warriors when yep. they want it. Like Sean Livingston and Barbosa, both were huge in that one year when they won it. Yep. And you're gonna have to see a couple of those lower guys on the bench, make an impact. And I'm not talking about Caruso. I'm just talking <laughs> about some of the other bench guys.
0: But you've, we've got our. Huge Alex Caruso fan in the building here with Jonah. Absolutely falls. Anyway, thank you so much for the NBA toss. And now we're going to get into a little bit of a conference tournament toss. We've had uh, a few championship games already to decide some early uh, bids for the tournament. as Utah State upset San Diego State in the Mountain West tournament. Ohio Valley tournament, Belmont beat Murray State. In the Bid South, Winthrop heading to the to the Bid Dance as they beat Hampton. Bradley beat Valparaiso in the Missouri Valley tournament and in the Atlantic Sun, the Liberty.
1: Their Liberty is going I'm calling it going to be one of those team. 12 seed upsets. And they did it last year. And I th- I think Liberty will do it again this year. They're, they're good. I watched their game against Stetson the other day. And Stetson is one of those young teams that they started hot, backed off a little bit because they're young, and then when Stetson made their run, Liberty was so composed the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Liberty or Stetson would get within one, and Liberty would make a big shot the whole time. And they had, like, what, four? I think they have four losses maybe around the year. Like, they're extremely good. So you just mentioned some of those teams that have already punched a ticket. Um, college basketball has been interesting all year with upsets and it's going to continue to be that way because you're going to have to see some of these bubble teams do something in these major conference tournaments because someone like Northern Iowa and the Missouri Valley, they got knocked off, which means that's one less bubble team that's going to get in because Northern Iowa was good enough to do year that they're in. Yeah, I think they should get in. Right. Um, Dan Dawkins just made a good point. I mean, you look at this last weekend, teams like Purdue, Indiana. Rutgers. Right you have a lot of these teams on the bubble and like Purdue, Indiana, both at home, a win could have gone a long way for them getting in and they lost. When yep. winning was absolutely needed. So why not give some of these mid-major teams that have been consistently good all year, like Northern Iowa, a spot in the big dance.
0: They deserve over it. Over
1: some inconsistent mid- like major
0: schools. Oh, yeah.
1: So, I mean, with that being said, like you just said, a lot of the mid-major Tournaments are done, so what we're going to do? I'm going to go through each conference tournament, point out some exciting matchups, list what some teams have, and then me and Andrew are both going to give a prediction for to who we think will win each conference tournament. So I'm going to start off with the Big Ten. Obviously, we got an IU fan in here, Andrew, Purdue <laughs> fan here, and I think the Big Ten is just the outright most loaded conference. So I think it's a good place to start. Um, I think when you look at this tournament. You have four the, – the top four seeds are all extremely good. They're all ranked, like, top 15. But Indiana – and I'm not just saying this because I don't like him. Indiana's going to have to be careful. Indiana fell off to the 11th seed. Oh, yeah. Right now, they're projected like a 10 seed, but they're on the bubble.
0: I'm sorry, but you, you, do, you do not give a tournament bid to the 11th best team in the bid 10. No.
1: Not, it doesn't matter how good any conference is. The 11th best team should not be in. And I've been trying to say this because people always saying, oh, you're saying this because you're a Purdue fan. I mean, when you look ah. at the net ratings and all this, Purdue and Indiana should be looked at equally. So yeah. if Purdue's not in Indiana, shouldn't be either. If Indiana is in, Purdue should be, in my personal opinion. And so what I was about to say with Indiana is they've already beaten Nebraska twice this year, and they have to play them again in the first round.
0: It's hard to beat a team twice, let alone three times. Right.
1: And it's going to help Indiana and Purdue both. It, it's at Bankers Life this year in Indianapolis. So they're going to have a lot of fans. Speaking of that, we're heading to that, Dan. Yeah, we're going to be at that game. We'll be at the Northwestern Minnesota game, too. Um, you can check us out on Twitter. Yes, always, always on Twitter, always on Twitter. So I think, as far as the the Wednesday games go, I think the Indiana Nebraska game, I think Indiana wins, but they can't walk in there thinking they're gonna win. Um, well,
0: that's the thing Indiana has to do is make a
1: run in this tournament. Right. Um, same with I think Purdue's lost to Rutgers, they're gonna have to run, make a run in the championship of this tournament. They may not have to yeah. win, that, but they're gonna have to make a run. So I think as potential matchups go, I'd like to see Iowa play Illinois. I would, obviously I want Purdue to win, but I think for quality of game's sake, I kind of want to see an Ohio State, Michigan State game. I would like to see Penn State play Maryland. Um, and then like the teams that watch in the Big Ten in my eyes are kind of that top six. You have Maryland, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Illinois, Penn State, Ohio State. Um, the, the issue with Penn State right now is we don't know if Watkins is gonna play. He was suspended going into the last game when they just absolutely laid an egg against the uh, Northwestern. And we don't know if he's gonna be able to play. They haven't really announced that. So if Watkins can't play, that could be, they could lose, that's gonna hurt their seating. I mean, Ohio State's big thing is Caleb Weston. The, the team kind of rolls with him. Um, Illinois, that's kind of surprised they're even playing the way they are. Uh, Michigan State's good every single year. Maryland, they have their years. They have Anthony Cowan, Jr. He's a wooden finalist. But then speaking of wooden finalists, you have Michigan State, who had high expectations to start the year. And they've kind of faded off. But then recently, they've won five straight. They're seventh in NCAAs net rankings. Ninth nationally. They're second seed overall in the tournament. And you have someone like Winston on your team. Any That's other... Winston is an outstanding oh, yes. college guard. 100%. Any other year, I'd be off for saying this is Michigan State's. But when you look at a team, in my eyes, I'm going to pick Wisconsin here. I'll give you why, and then Andrew can make his pick. I like Wisconsin because it seems like Wisconsin has a little bit of everything, and that's why I kind of expect Wisconsin to make one of those runs in the tournament. They have, they have. first of all, they don't have one. They have two big men that are good. They have Nate Reavers, Mike Potter, and then they have a good guard in Trice, and then they have that glue guy that you see succeed in the NCAA tournaments. They have Brad Davison. I know a lot of people don't like him.
0: <laughs>
1: kind of controversial a little bit.
0: Well, Wisconsin been winning
1: quite in a lot of ways. Right, they they have they have everything. They have every aspect of the game that you kind of need. So, in my opinion, I like Wisconsin. They're the one seed in the Big Ten tournament,
0: rightfully so. Eighteenth nationally. So, I like Wisconsin. What about you? Uh, well, obviously, Greg Gard over in Wisconsin is an outstanding coach. Does it every year? He's uh really been outstanding over in Wisconsin, but uh. Tom Izzo and Michigan State. I'm gonna have to deal with them. That's a matchup I would like to see in the tournament. Uh, that would be my preferred championship game. That's the only way they can see each other. But I- I'm gonna deal with Michigan State. And that, I mean, there's no bad answers there. I love Tasha Winston. He's a play.
1: great player. Um, so next, I'm gonna move on to the ACC. It, this isn't your typical ACC conference this year. Uh, it's true. It used to. Big Ten and ACC are always right there they both have six seven teams to get in but i mean this year if they're not careful in their own tournament they could have four and i mean obviously duke's there you can't look past virginia virginia's won all last year their struggle is on the offensive end right and i mean last year they weren't the best i mean definitely drop off um virginia started the year not good i mean makes me happy to say it came into purdue walked out with a 29 point loss they lost a lot of games they've really come on strong yeah, but exactly they recently they've been playing extremely well they just beat louisville two nights ago on saturday um they're seven they're up to 17th now nationally their strength of schedule as far as that goes it could be better they're 42nd in the net ratings um but they're they're one of those teams you know they're going to defend like that is tony bennett's identity Oh yeah. It's play hard on the defensive end. And they're so long on the defense exactly. end. Exactly. So it literally comes down to if they can find a way to hit shots. Um, Florida State, they're one of those teams they they kinda have done it all, like throughout the year as far as strength of schedule, all Including that.
0: Including lose to Indiana. I was about somehow. to say
1: they like they had that strength of schedule. They beat Purdue at the Coastal Classic in Florida. Then they had to go into Assembly Hall, which is not easy, which True. Indiana obviously won. But Aside that loss to Indiana, they still have. They're still tenth in the net ratings, which obviously, I mean, I'm gonna keep bringing that up. Net ratings,
0: strength of schedule, margin of victory. Those are all wins. factors right. that the uh, committee puts into choosing 100%. who makes the tournament. So,
1: so you have Florida State. You have someone like Louisville, Duke. Duke's gonna compete every year. One, because they get talent. Two, because they have arguably the greatest coach ever in college basketball. Who you
0: could also make the argument is not doing that great of a job with this year's group.
1: Right. Well, I think you can make that argument for the last four years. It's true. I mean, last year I thought for sure it was a shoe and they'd win with all that talent they had. But um, I think the the beginning of the year, my pick was Louisville to win it all. And they started hot. They've kind of fallen off a little bit. But I think I'm going to go with Louisville to win this tournament, and I'm going to go with Louisville to win it all. Now, winning it all depends on draw, truthfully. So it's hard to say. I think they're my top team to watch, I guess, right now as far as the national tournament goes. So I'm going to go ahead. I'll pick Louisville. They have Jordan Nuara. He's going to be extremely well. Well, he played. Playful. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Noir is going to be good. He's going to be good in whatever tournament he's in. So I like
0: Louisville to win this, potentially win it all. What about you? I, I'm just going to go with Duke. I, I can't. go that ask Duke. Yep.
1: And there's, again, it's not a bad answer because... Duke is Duke at the end of the day. They're
0: they're a good team. Trey Jones, Vernon
1: Terry. Um, The Big 12, this is kind of an interesting conference because they have... There's 10 teams. And Kansas has arguably been the most dominant team all year. They're first in their ratings, first nationally. And then you have Baylor that's also in the conference who was undefeated up till probably two, three, two weeks ago maybe. And... They've, I think they have dropped four straight now, including a loss to West Virginia that I'm also about to bring up. West Virginia has been coming hard recently. Um, they're 22nd now in the AP poll, 17th in net ratings. Bob Hudson's team. He's a great coach. Love yes, that guy. Yes, he is. Um, and then I really feel like those are, the, those are your three you have to watch. At the end of the day, I'm going with Kansas. But you cannot count out Texas Tech because all Chris Beards has done oh, yes. since he got there. Texas Tech has been crazy. I mean, last year obviously they lost Jared Culver, but Texas Tech was a national runner-up last year, <laughs> and they have a couple of those guys from that.
0: Easy year. to forget after losing it like Dallas Jared Culver. Right.
1: So right now Texas Tech is just outside the top 25, but they are 22nd in the net ratings, which again goes the the, the whole length of the season. Who have they played? How much have they won by? How much have they lost by? So. Texas Tech, you can't count them out. West Virginia, you can't count them out. I think it comes down to Kansas and Baylor, and I like Kansas just because of their dominance throughout the year.
0: Well, didn't Kansas beat Baylor earlier in the yes. year? Yes. Yeah, I like Kansas as well. Uh, I, I love their, their rim protector. What's his name? Azabuki. Yep, that, that's my guy.
1: Yep. All right, uh, next conference we're going to go with SEC. Again, this is not one of your typical SEC years. I feel like normally you kind of have that five, six range of teams in. But this year, really kind of in my eyes, I think you have a team like Mississippi State and you have a team like LSU in Florida and Tennessee's been playing good recently. You have a couple teams that can make the tournament pretty easily. You're probably going to, but you don't have a bunch of contenders. I think you look at the SEC and they have two true contenders and that's Kentucky and that's Auburn. And again, when it comes down to great coaches, Bruce Pearl is a good coach. Actually, he's a great coach, huh. but Auburn doesn't have John Calipari. I mean, that dude has won from the beginning. Yes. And I think I like Kentucky. I like Kentucky winning this conference regardless, and they're another one of those teams that could step up and end up winning it all. But that's going to depend on Ashton Hagen's. Right before their game the there tonight, Calipari made a tweet saying that Hagen's kind of was dealing with some things. He was going to be out for a little bit, but that they needed him back for like 100% in the tournament. So I don't know if he's gonna for sure play, but they're gonna need him if they wanna make a run. But
0: I will take Kentucky and SEC. I I hate to agree because I really like this Auburn team. But uh, yeah, Kentucky is going to win this tournament. All right, so we're gonna move on to the Big East. And in my eyes, I think the Big East is probably the second
1: most loaded conference this year. Um, So I really like that Marquette-Seton Hall matchup in the quarterfinals. Uh, Seton Hall was another one of those teams that started really good. Um, you know, Seton Hall, they have Miles Powell, who could end up being a pretty high draft pick. He's going He's got his name in the conversation for Player of the Year. Um, they're 15th in the net rating, 16th nationally. and But they're going up against Marcus team. Howard. Yes, they're sir. basically going up against Marcus Howard, <laughs> who we've seen absolutely go off at times. So I think it's going to be fun to watch someone like um, Marcus Howard go up against Miles Powell. Um, I like Seton Hall in that matchup. I think it's going to be interesting to see what Villanova team we see in both tournaments. Oh, yeah. Because Villanova is one of those teams they've been very inconsistent. And as of late, they kind of came on. But we're going to have to see. Um, Creighton just had a big win over Seton Hall, like I, who I've been talking about. And um, I don't know. It's kind of one of those tough conferences to judge. And then again, so true. this conference has several contenders. You have Creighton. You have Seton Hall. You have Marquette. Because Marquette seems to have that guy, kind of like Purdue did last year, that can single-handedly win you games mm-hmm. in a tournament. Um, and then, obviously, you have Villanova. And a team that started really, really, really hot is Butler. Yeah, I so, I like Butler. I do. I think – I think my sleeper pick is Butler to win this tournament, but I think I'm going to take Seton Hall. I like Miles Powell a lot, so I'm going to take Seton Hall in this tournament. I'm
0: going with Butler.
1: You're going to go with Butler? Not a bad pick. I think they're a team that's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, And then last conference, Pac-12, it's really such a weak conference this year. I mean, they have a team like Oregon. I'm going straight to Oregon's going to win this tournament in my eyes and I, I think the the, UCLA has been coming on strong that's what I was about to say I think the one thing you have to watch of your Oregon is a team like UCLA who's on the bubble and they know they have to win they really need to win this tournament if they want to you know
0: they've won eight out of their
1: last ten yep I mean uh, Mike Cronin came from Cincinnati last year he I liked him at Cincinnati and I like him even better at UCLA uh, it's surprising to me um, Alfred brought in someone like Tiger Campbell out of La Lumiere Couple years ago, this is Tiger's now freshman year. He didn't end up playing for Alfred, um, so I think it's it's crazy to me what Cronin is doing with some of this talent that he didn't even bring in. So I mean, I think Oregon has to be careful of UCLA, but at the end of the day, uh, UCLA doesn't have Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard has been a stud this whole year. Um, he's gonna he's a Wooden finalist. I think he may end up being the one who will win it. He's a Pac-12 Player of the Year, 21 points a game, four yards a game, six assists per game. And they also have people like Will Richardson, Chris Duarte, uh kind of complimenting him and they're another one of those teams they're 12th in the net ratings they've kind of done it all throughout the year so I like Oregon I think Oregon wins that conference. I, I agree but I'm going with UCLA. All right all right I mean that's really, that's really it again there's so many I mean we sat here and we discussed options but it would not. This would be the year you'd see a team like Indiana make a run of the tournament, like make a run to the championship of the Big Ten. And,
0: and this is, like
1: they you, need it. Yeah, like in this crazy of a college basketball year, we just talked about the favorites. Well, there could be a. And I'm sorry, I just completely forgot. I didn't say anything about Iowa in <laughs> the Big Ten. The, there are tons of good teams in the Big Ten. It's easy to predict them. Right. Like Luca Garza is. He may end up being the player of the year. Now that I think about it. And it's true. so I don't know how I just missed them. I apologize.
0: But <laughs> Luta jars is a guy I wouldn't mind seeing in Drain next year. Regardless, you're right. We've watched it all year. Uh, the NCAA, those top seeds have been going down. It seems like every week. Yeah, so
1: I think it's it's, it's going to be interesting to watch the whole tournament. So it's going to be a fun weekend. Conference, Conference tournaments, tournaments before Sunday.
0: Sunday. I'm excited. I'm Selection excited. Sunday. And, I mean, that's it. And I'm we doing. will come out with our brackets for that yes. over the weekend.
1: Post them on Twitter.
0: And we, we look forward to it. Make sure to keep listening to us at YouTube. You have and to share.
1: Absolutely. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already, at Squared 2
0: I mean, if you're here, you probably have seen us from Twitter. Small-town sports talk. I think that's it. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Andrew Will with Jonah Freeman.
1: Adios.